Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thank you for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. When was the last time you talked or read about a performance, whether in a play, a movie, or a TV show? I'm guessing it hasn't been that long. At least in my world, for example, it seems like everyone has an opinion about every facial expression and gesture that Anthony Hopkins makes on the HBO show Westworld. But what if you wanted to know about a performance that happened not last week or last year, but hundreds of years ago? Luckily for Julia Walker, who teaches in the performing arts and English departments here at Washington University in St. Louis, people have been talking and writing about acting for a very long time. Just instead of Anthony Hopkins, they wrote about celebrities of their own day, like actress Fanny Kemble. And instead of writing on a blog or social media, they would write in a newspaper or even in a personal journal. Such was the case in one journal entry that Walker discovered from back in the 19th century. Some woman in Massachusetts, a socialite, had gone to see Fanny Kemble, and she was writing in her journal this particular moment that Kemble portrayed, which just was riveting. And the entire audience, there was not a sound that could be heard. Um, people were hanging on the edge of their seats waiting for Kemble to finish this particular um, scene. So this fan is writing this elaborate journal entry, and as a historian, I love that. <laughs> I'm so delighted to have this record. The scene was from a play called Fazio, written by Henry Millman in 1815. In the play, Kemble plays Bianca, a woman who turns her husband into the authorities for stealing. But instead of just having to return the money, the husband is convicted of murder, a murder he did not commit, and is sentenced to hang. This is dramatic stuff here. The whole scene is described in the journal. So she goes in to see him in the prison one last time, and realizing the enormity of what she has done, she is unable to react at all. So she's ashen, pale, still as a statue. He leaves the stage, you hear the bell toll, and you know that he's heading off to the executioner's block. See? Dramatic. But for Walker, what's so fascinating about this journal entry isn't just getting a glimpse into the plot of a long-forgotten play. It's the description of Kemble's performance, the acting. It's her inactivity that got this particular audience member's attention, and evidently the entire audience in this Boston theater. Her inaction in this moment seemed so realistic to uh, describe the passions of grief that can't be expressed. And as strange as it may be to hear now, the fact that Fanny Kemble was up there on stage being so realistic, acting like someone in her character's situation would actually act, that was new. Audiences were used to going to the theater basically to listen to poetry, to experience a story with their ears more than their eyes. In an earlier moment when people are listening to the poetry performed, you might capture grief in a choked voice, um, and that would have been beautiful, beautifully rendered. Kemble was doing something different. Instead of expressing her character's grief with just her voice, she was embodying her character, playing it out. And with that came all of the things that we normally think of as, well, 
acting. Gestures, facial expressions, the sort of things that we take for granted now with acting, particularly with film acting, which can do those close-ups and really show um, minute uh, changes in expression. This was being introduced in the late 18th century. Actors like Kemble were changing theater into a more visual, more realistic, and often a more emotional experience. Like any big artistic change, of course not everybody was happy about it. To some people, to the older critics who thought that this type of popular theater was lowbrow, low culture, it was extreme and it was too much. But to a newer sensibility, the spectacularization of theater in the 19th century, this is why people would go to see people perform extreme jealousy or extreme rage as if it were real. The idea that acting styles change over time is in itself fascinating. It can be so easy to assume that what looks like great acting today has always been great acting. But for Walker, performances like Fanny Kemble's become even more interesting if you zoom out, away from the theater, and think about how these changes connect with broader history. I'm interested in how um, styles of acting at any particular moment in history um, reflect the changes that are going on in that culture, whether it's socially, politically, economically, technologically. Basically, Walker believes that history and theater are intertwined. She's working on a book connecting the dots using examples from throughout the modern era. The play Fazio and Fanny Kemble's performance in it is one chapter. To begin to understand the big picture here, we have to ask, what was going on in England in the early 1800s when Henry Millman wrote Fazio? Um, the same thing that's going on is that modern banking is consolidating. And there's a lot of consternation, particularly in England, but also in the United States, about paper money. Wait, banking? Paper money? On the face of it, this does not sound like the stuff of theater or art. But according to Walker, during this time, paper money was causing a lot of anxiety. Earlier in England's history, paper money had been outlawed. If you had any, it was suddenly worthless. But then, during the wars with Napoleon, the banks made a dramatic shift. Now, people had to use paper money. The bank basically says, Nobody can exchange paper money for gold during this period because we need the gold in order to fund the war. Think for a second how scary that would be. You had this stuff in your pocket that was supposed to be worth food or clothing or whatever, but there's always this threat that it's not worth anything. How could you know what was real and what was fake? It was in this moment that the play Fazio came into being. Now, from the scene we heard about a minute ago, Remember the husband about to be executed? You probably think this play is a personal drama. So what could that possibly have to do with banking? That gets a little complicated. As it turns out, the story is also about a love triangle. A pretty weird love triangle. It's a love triangle between um, the banks, paper money, and gold. That's right, a love triangle between banks, paper money, and gold. Stay with us here. In this reading of the play, Fanny Kemble's character, the wife Bianca, is gold. 
um, Fanny Kemble plays the role of the, the true um, uh, wife who loves her husband. Um, he is seduced by the glamour of the uh, Marchesa, uh, Aldabella Marchesa, and, he, and she represents a false uh, note of love. Uh, she's a banknote, and she cannot be trusted. That leaves the husband as the bank, who is seduced by paper money. He wrongly believes that the Marchesa can replace his wife, that their value is the same. This love triangle seems to play up fears about paper money. Like the Marchesa's love, paper is fake and cannot be trusted. On the other hand, gold, like the wife, is the real thing, trustworthy, pure. But like so many good stories, at the end, there's a twist. Just before going off to be executed, the husband pulls a piece of paper out of his pocket. And it's not just any piece of paper. He pulls a picture of his wife out of his pocket. And at the same time he pulls the picture out of his pocket, a gold coin falls out. So here's a piece of paper and a piece of gold side by side. This one moment seems to be the whole play in miniature. Based on everything the audience has seen so far, they're set up to think of the gold as what's real and valuable much more valuable than a piece of paper. But in a conversation with one of the jailkeepers, the husband reveals that his understanding of value has changed. He says, Riches have been my ruin, but this, this is truth. And he's pointing to the picture. So this is a strange and interesting moment in a play which is otherwise articulating anxieties about the exchange of false banknotes, paper banknotes representations for what is real. Here, the wife is a representation, she's a picture, and she's more real than the gold coin that fell out of his pocket. So while the play recognizes the fears about paper money versus gold, real versus fake, at the end of the day, there's a lesson, and maybe some comfort. Sometimes representations are more true than the things that would seem to be true. Walker argues that, in the end, the story of Fazio helps audiences accept that some representations really can be trusted, especially representations that are, say, backed by the Bank of England. And all of these complex ideas about reality, representation, and when it's okay to exchange the two, that brings us back to Fanny Kemble, the actress, and how she played the role of gold. In Walker's argument, it was not just the story of Fazio that helped audiences bridge the gap between gold and paper money. Kemble's acting style helped, too. Part of my argument is that this acting technique helps audiences adapt to the shift or the exchange between what is represented and what is actually real. With her performance, Kemble convinces audiences that, whether it's a piece of paper in your pocket or a moment of grief up on a stage, representations of reality can and do have value. Want to learn more? This fascinating chapter in history is just one literal chapter in Julia Walker's book project. Uh, it's called Modernity and Performance, An Acting Change on the Modernizing Stage. Uh, and it's a pretty broad-ranging book. It's about 200 years. I'm looking at late 18th century to the present. Um, primarily Western performance practices, but I'm also trying to extend a reach into other parts of the world. In addition to banking, Walker's book charts connections between acting and the railroad, advertising, air conditioning, and more. 
In all these examples, she explores the complex ways that acting, culture, and history overlap. The point of the book that I'm trying to get across is that when new ideas come into being, they often come through bodily metaphors. And the theater, instead of just being a place that reflects cultural interests and anxieties and desires, that it is actually a place where we stage our own knowledge as it's coming into being. So that's kind of what I want the book to um, communicate. The idea that um, ideas have form and that performance is a way that gives that form shape. Many thanks to Julia Walker for joining Hold That Thought. To discover more research and ideas from Washington University in St. Louis, please visit us at holdthatthought.wustl.edu, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Thank you for listening.